welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about all of the exiles that are living in exile and Legacy of the Force book for exile. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And I don't know why I'm doing a Sunday morning radio host voice. But uh, you, you got the hand signals know, going too. I know. You guys can't see that, but my hands, it's okay. Legacy of the Force, book four, exile is complete. Yeah, it is. Another Aaron Alston, uh, let's call it a, a jumpy boy. Quite, quite, quite a jumpy book, and disorienting, and at times fast-paced, and a lot of ship descriptions. <laughs> ships <laughs> and ships. Great. Yeah. That's it. That's the review. All right. Yeah, Wrapped done. it up Moving in on. a nice neat <laughs> nutshell. Just kidding. First. Bum, bum, bum. Previously on Forever Canon. Uh, we we finished the book and uh, everybody got tricked. Again, true Aaron Olsen style. I didn't. Ah, <laughs> Good. Oh, this is a this is a hot start, you guys. <laughs> I got five fucking handwritten pages of notes talking about this goddamn book. Here we go. I like that he's the host because I just got to make my own little tiny notes. First thing we're going to cover is the story of the galaxy at large. The story picks up a few sleepless nights after Tempest, where Jason has just tried to destroy the Falcon and his parents inside it. The GA is looking to negotiate peace with Corellia. After the ass smashing, that was the battle at Hapes. But Lumaya's background manipulation of Commodore and the Bothans makes peace impossible. As she once again uses Klauskin to sabotage the GA and amplify hostilities in the conflict. Commodore and Bothwi both officially join Corellia in her fight against the GA. The blockade of Corellia is smashed. The GA is sent running and the Confederation is born. There will be no peace now. Hoping to eliminate all the Confederation leaders in one fell swoop, the Alliance strikes at what was supposed to be a gathering of their leaders, which was, of course, a trap. The Confederation looks strong as the outwitted GA is forced to retreat again. Did I miss any major... Plot, political plot points there, like uh, political plot points, like no. the the galaxy at large stuff. I think no. we, I think we pretty much. That's it. That's pretty much it. That's pretty much all that happened in this book. Yeah, they had a few minutes where they were recovering from the last battle, <laughs> and then they're like, "We better go do another one." And then it didn't go right. Yeah, and then they had to run away. Also, in the meantime, the blockade got broken. <laughs> yeah, and they had to run away. Yeah, that's that's all the political points. That's not that's not even the fun stuff. No, and like that's not all the cool <laughs> details, obviously, with the character. But that's like the background of what's happening in the world around all of the characters before we start diving into them. And really, peace was so close at the beginning of this book. Jason and Wedge were negotiating it. Yeah, in fact, yes, they were. And Jason was being a bit of an overconfident dick, so they didn't get there. And then Wedge hurt his feelings, and the story carries on from there. <laughs> but, I mean, that was pretty critical. As yeah. I was looking back through my notes, I'm like, that was like a real catalyst, a real turning point. Yeah. But <laughs> but before that, before Jason gets his feelings Poor hurt. Poor baby Jason. We were so close to having peace. And then now, 
We lost that chance. Lumayas manipulate us even further away from any chance of redemption. And everybody's just more deeply entrenched in the fight now. You know, like they dug their heels in deeper. All the parties in the uh, in the war. Yeah. I, I mean, it is war now. There's more than one planet on the other side. It used to be thousands of planets versus one. Now yeah. it's like versus seven or five or something. Yeah. As the book goes on, more and more people are like, hey. Yeah, they're, you know, they, oh, they just genuinely or uh, 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 casually mention how the GA is losing <laughs> seats. The senators are just leaving. Yeah. <laughs> nah, they're all defecting. Yeah. The the senator of this planet, they, they seceded. Okay, moving on. Now, what about this? Is the galaxy at large and this turmoil in the galaxy a reflection of Jason Solo. Ooh, good one. Let me offer my simple argument. How often has he been so close to peace or redemption to only have it miss the mark by a by an inch because the intention is misguided. They don't quite know what's going on. Yeah. And also Lumaya's manipulating everything in the background. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, he's a microcosm of what she's doing to the entire galaxy, really. Where she's isolating one group or one, uh, yeah, one group against a bunch of people that she's turning against them. And it's, I I don't know. It, to me, it looks like the same thing, you know? It looks as, as the stories have been progress- progressing too, it seems like she's, isolating him mm. by himself rather yeah. than oh like she's using his ah for the greater good deal that's what she has to do to break him right <laughs> yeah gotta get him away from the super strong family his family make him feel isolated the way it's going he's not the government's not gonna like him for very much longer and like, his family of course is still scattered across the many uh, venues and faces of the war they're on yeah. several different teams so it's hard to you know, reconcile. Yeah. Especially when certain characters are pulling so many strings in the background. And let's start our character deep dive. <laughs> you like that, Tim? No, that was dumb. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, the first characters I want to talk about, I'm going to talk about these characters in reverse order of importance. Okay. And now this is going to seem weird when I say the first group is Lumaya and Alema. Lumaya is very important. Alema is not so much. Not and I group them together and it kind of balances it out to being the first entry. And I call them the Dark Ladies. I think I called them that on the last one too. You did, yeah. Bam. It's a good name though. Shabam. That's how you know it's good because I remembered it (laughs) a month later. (laughs) Only 20 chapters. It's like four or five weeks, man. Yeah, this is a quick one. Boom, done. Okay. Let's talk about what Lumaya and Alema do across the course of this book. Now, although this team spends most of their time apart, pursuing their own goals, you know, killing the solos or world domination. Yeah. Even though they're apart for most of the time, they get shit done. Yeah. Alema manages to follow the solo parents wherever they go. She follows them everywhere. Or they end up falling in her lap one way or another. <laughs> but she's always like, here they are. Here's my chance for the, the balance. And yeah. And capital B. And yeah. <laughs> she's saying it's all the force trying to help her balance things <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah. Always. Always. Um, she doesn't manage to kill any of them. No. 
But she almost got Lando. That would have been all right. <laughs> she almost got everyone, really. She did crash a ship through the uh, the meeting place where everybody was that had like glass ceilings on it. Yeah. Stuff. I don't know if that's supposed to be a metaphor or anything, but she's smashing glass ceilings. The important thing is that she didn't kill anybody. So mostly her threat is it comes from everybody knows that she's there. This is the lemma I'm talking about. Yeah. But you don't know when or where she's going to attack you. And I'm really not even sure if she knows. (laughs) Uh, We do not know. No. Depends on which part of her spliced up Killick brain is. No, she working. don't know. She has no idea. She that's the thing too is like she just waits and then here they come. Yeah, and it's like I'll try and kill them again and then run away. Yeah, where she get all these poison drop a darts shan- from? Drop, drop a chandelier on them. That's I don't know. Who knows? But whoever sold it to her probably does not remember her. Yeah, yeah. Crawled out of her his ear brain like a greasy worm or whatever the hell. Ugh. Yeah. That was nasty. Anyway, <laughs> anyways, was nasty. anyways. Now, in contrast, Lumaya, I expect her to be pretty much omnipresent and omniscient. Like, she always seems to be controlling everything and doing yeah, everything and her being everywhere. Everything. Like, she's, she's, all, she's all over everything. She knows more even about the, about the bigger picture of the story than we do. The yeah. reader. We know more than every other character except for her. Yeah. She knows. We don't ever get. If we ever get uh, like a chapter from her perspective, we don't get insight into the bigger plan. Mm-hmm. Like she never divulges that information. She always says she has one. She threatens a lemma with it all the time. Yeah. Get in the way of my plan. I'll murk you. Whatever. But she never says what it is. So she knows more than we do. But we know more than everybody else, the reader. Yeah, which... And it's kind of an interesting, like, unbalanced place to be in with this character. Yeah. She, just, she seems to be able to move everyone where she needs them, when she needs them to. And it with, other than a few little parts where it's like, takes physical effort, Yeah, it doesn't seem to take her much. Well, and it's like, you know, she's half broken, half machine, more than half machine. And yeah. All that kind of jazz. So it's all, yeah, it's all tough for her to do the force, but well, you project your brain across the galaxy. I mean, good luck. Yeah. That hurts. <laughs> Probably hurts. Oh, the headache. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> her biggest plan in this book is the testing of Ben Skywalker. And even though that plan goes very sideways, I fully expect that she has several contingency plans. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, she's already got plans for the plans that we don't even know are going to go right or wrong because we don't know their plans yet. Like, she's a creepy, almost omniscient character. Because she knows more than us, it feels like that. Or at least she says she knows more than us. I don't know. I mean, I've read the books. I still feel like she knows more than me. (laughs) This is the second time through the books. I'm still pretty sure she knows more than I do. And it's weird. The other pivotal thing that Lumai ends up doing in this book is having another duel with Luke Skywalker. But this time, instead of threatening to blow up him and his wife, she just holds his hand. Ah, Chris Angel, mind fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Like, (laughs) why? I don't understand. It's It's weird. 
Go back to the last episode. We talked about it enough. Yeah, we did. Okay, but why? <laughs> okay. Why, though? All right. Nope. That's the story of Lumaya and Alema. Tell me, Tim, what's your favorite piece of Lumaya and Alema that you got in this book? Alema? Either one or both. Like... Because they're really cool characters. They are cool characters. They're very... uh, And the fact that they're so different. Yeah. And the same. Yeah. They're very mysterious, sneaky from the shadows. But one is in control and one is a thousand minds. Yeah. And and one is (laughs) centered on their own specific goal, being Alema, and Lumaya's galactic control for the greater good even she says yeah yeah for the greater whatever she wants it to be <laughs> for the greater Seth, i think i don't know i don't trust yeah her. good well, what, what was your what were your favorite moments out of them well alema didn't have many favorite i didn't have really have a favorite alema part yeah she didn't have a lot of like standout moments no but lamaya's the the craziest thing is because it was so weird is that whole hand holding thing yeah was it just because it just <laughs> Look, I'm all nice. Look, hey, I, I, I have no man. ill intentions. Feel me. Touch me. Yeah. Force me. And and I think that in her head, she really does want peace. She just wants to be it to be a Sith peace. Like well, she, because the Jedi are weak to her and yeah. they often fail yeah, in the greater scheme of things. She's not looking to have chaos. She is looking for peace. She just yeah. wants it to be under so a she Sith says. rule. Yeah. She well, seems to be causing a lot of chaos to get this peace. But huh. such as uh, maybe the price. She's controlling the history. She's yeah, just... <laughs> you're right. <laughs> My favorite part of Alema, I disagree. I thought she had a great moment when she all of a sudden stopped fighting Leia at the end and was putting on a pilot uniform <laughs> and a helmet and just smashed her ship right <laughs> through the viewport of this place and sucked all the atmosphere out, tried to kill everybody at once. I was into that, man, because of all the... All the times we've like criticized her for waiting for, oh, you're staring right at Leia, yeah. but you want her to watch Han die first. You could have killed Leia 30 times. Yeah. She just finally goes ape shit and smashes <laughs> a fucking ship through the goddamn window, man. Yeah. It, that was pretty sweet. That was pretty sweet. And for Lumaya, I loved the, 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 uh, the force projecting across the universe. Yeah. Uh, Henry Bowers. Admiral Klauskin thing. Yeah. To to be able to shoot her presence across the galaxy into somebody else's brain to find this guy, to show him a ghost of his wife, to convince him to ruin everything is fucking layers of genius. <laughs> like, it's so cool. It's hard to unpack all of the, all the intention behind it. Like, yeah, because again, she knows what the ultimate goal is, or at least why she's doing the seemingly chaotic things that she's doing. She understands why. Yep. We don't. That just, that's cool, man. That's cool. Here's my final question for you about these two. How are they exiles? Title of the book, Legacy of the Force, book four, Exile. How are they exiles I, these two are pretty easy <laughs> i mean like not that it's yeah. a test yeah yeah <laughs> but like 
These well, guys are pretty obvious. Well, she's not quite, but seems like the last of the Sith. Lumaya is. Yeah. And I mean, there you have yeah. to live your life exiled from normal society yeah. as it is. And Lemma's nuts. Just and a, even more so a since broken, being cut off from the Killicks. A broken crazy. But it's also in how they how they function. Light, there's like layers of how they are exiled. Yeah, because like, in how they function is from the shadows quietly. Yeah. Well, and the lemma is is an exile from the Killicks. Yeah. Because they're all dead. She's an exile from I think her twin sister or her best friend sister. Yeah. Because her, her sister got killed. Yeah. She's an exile from the, her family that was the Jedi all that time in between. She is from, cut off from everything. Absolutely Every, everything. Everything. Because she can't even talk to like she can't even be with her own people. No, her brain stalks are cut. Yeah, it's no good. Yeah, her little feelers. So those two, that was pretty easy. Yeah, we'll see if it gets harder or if it just gets more clear as we go. (laughs) Because the next set of characters I want to talk about, Han and Leia, aka the Solo parents. That's obvious. Well, there you go. That's That's a good one. The Exiles, they're Solo. Trying to remember them. We'll get to that at the end. Sorry, sorry. First, we will discuss their journey. Their amazing, life-changing, heart-altering journey in this book, as we'll see. We'll see. After being These nearly two. killed by their own son, start off in a tough spot. <laughs> With an arrest warrant out for them, they turn to an old friend for help. Lando, the big fat traitor, Cal Rissian. That, that's his wrestling name. And he sticks with them for the entire book. Yeah. They meet up at the beginning of the book to fix the Falcon. And he never leaves them for the rest of the book. Which is cool. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I mean, it made my notes a little more annoying. Because I always write them as like H H N L H plus L. They're doing mm-hmm. such and such thing. And then I had to put an extra L in there. Yeah. L. It looks fucking brain dead. Anyways, he sticks with them for their oh, the whole book. It's probably hard not to, considering how desperate they are they have nothing nobody and they are fricked yeah they're wanted by the krillians they're wanted by the galactic alliance and their only friend is a goddamn traitor (laughs) it's uh you don't live down that kind of stuff man apparently you betray your friends of the empire and they didn't even get to have that turkey dinner or whatever the hell that was god food looks so good it did look good right away they're like shoot him like you could have had a meal all right last supper too much space jesus okay now what are they doing with lando they're deciding what to do (laughs) for the that's it that's actually important yes yes it is (laughs) for the first time in three books in the fourth book they decide to do what they want and what do they want to do they want to find Durgedjan so they can find out what the hell happened at Hapes. Didn't when, they originally say they wanted to kill him or something? Not yet. Ah. First, they want to find out if he was responsible for it. So they make their way to Karelia and good thing, because Gedjin is trying to kill Wedge after firing him. Han and Leia and Lando, H and L and L, pretty much... Pick up all the Alliance friendly and Jedi stragglers that were stuck on Corellia and take them to a safe traveling casino on a Star Destroyer. Mm. Literally, every, every, all their friends that were stuck on Corellia, hey, here we come to bring you into the story. Yeah. 
Off to the only red Star Destroyer. Deliver you to your uh, family also. Like, isn't the guy somebody's dad? Yeah, Boosters. Mirax's dad? No, Tarek. Which, Mirax? I don't know. I don't know. I can't keep that shit straight right now. There's so many of them. I've been writing too much. I've been writing too much about other people. I can't think about that dude right now. (laughs) The point being, they just bring everybody into the story. And thank God for that. Because we got a green checkered X-Wing. That's pretty dope. Yep. <laughs> just for that alone, I'm in. Which was shocking to me that neither one of us thought, yeah, you could just paint it whatever. Yeah. No. No. No, that would be gray with a red stripe. Or else it's not an X-Wing. It's not an X-Wing. It's just some weird... That's yeah. obviously dumb. <laughs> Skip over that part, Tim. That's not in my notes. 20 years of this, we never <laughs> thought you just paint it. Now, while all these misfits, or humor me if you will... Exiles, yeah, yeah uh-huh. don't roll your fucking eyes, <laughs> are together. Miri Antilles, Wedge's daughter, points out to Leia how defenseless the entire galaxy is when her family is not talking to each other. A broken Sky Solo family breaks the galaxy. That's how important you guys are. You got that sweet, sweet Anakin Skywalker blood, which was made sweet, sweet by... Sheev Palpatine, <laughs> because I do believe he was the one. I believe it. I don't think I ever read that anywhere, but he's got to be the one who made Anakin out of the Force. That was something he learned from his master. Moving on. Pretty cool, though. He's cool. <laughs> don't talk no shit to, about Palpatine to me. No, no, do not email me bullshit about Palpatine at forevercannonpodcast at gmail.com. Don't do it. Do it. Internet. Don't. Okay. Fixing her family. Forget killing Durgedjin. That son of a bitch. Who tried to kill our friends and make us look like we were trying to kill our friends. Now we must fix our family. Yes. That becomes Leia's main focus. Her own idea, sort of. The kid pointed it out, but she was like, I should do this. Important. (laughs) To help herself. Sort of. Also, Mm -hmm. the entire galaxy. Which leads her... To chasing a lemma with her daughter, Jaina. She gets to hug her brother. And she even gets to rush to save Jason from a trap. She probably even saw him for a moment. He saw them and said, oh shit, and ran away. <laughs> Maybe they saw him. Maybe. Did they? I don't know. I don't know if they said if they saw him. Yeah, right. I don't know. I don't know. At least they're on their own path now, finally, by the end of the book. Decidedly on their own path. Which is the better path of uh, put our broken family back together so that we can work together to fix all these way out of hand problems that have popped up several times now. All of a sudden, since we picked different sides. Yeah. I I, I think maybe if, because Han and Leia are fairly influential, if they would have made some decisions on their own throughout the last four books. Yeah, who knows? Things could have been better. Probably still would have been problems, but maybe not so out of hand. You know, you could have talked to your son. Yeah, really. Just say hi once in a while. Instead of just being mad when he murdered Boba Fett's daughter, probably be involved. Because that's a sign that (laughs) (laughs) something has gone awry in the development of your child. Even at 30 years old. He murdered somebody. So, like, step in. Be a man, Han Solo, and have a conversation with your murderer son. Uh, okay. Murderess. 
the two of them together, all book and with Lando. They're like a good mix of they take turns being hopeless and hopeful, you know, yeah. especially Han and Leia, given their extreme circumstances. And then Lando is like the comic relief because the he him being there makes them all rip on each other even harder. Yeah. Like it makes it makes everything lighter conversationally because you're not going to talk about your murderer son in front of your friend. It's an awkward or more awkward conversation to have. I just awkward. Looked, I looked at my microphone like it was the mic's fault that I just said awkwarder. What? <laughs> Anyways, uh, that's awkwarder. What was your favorite part of Han and Leia? Well, like you were just, just bringing up. Uh, basically any of the parts with Lando and yeah. they're all joking and laughing and like how was it um don't say it I'm saying it the part where Leo was repeating all the things Lando was saying <laughs> as a fourth suggestion uh, yeah. fuck you I wrote it down so I get to say it but yeah that I, part, I, just, I just, just put parts on the love commander <laughs> she's just uh yeah on the love commander on the, love on the commander. sex dungeon ship yeah or it's like the space pimp sex mobile. party ship. Yeah, it's like the bang bus of the skies. Yeah, it's like the space Escalade. Love Commander too. What a good name. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that one scene where they're getting through the blockade by force tricking the guards. Lando is saying things to them as the commander of the Love Commander, and Leia's just repeating it like a dink. <laughs> with the force yeah <laughs> and it's working perfectly it just was funny they're, which, they're charming together which we have learned throughout these books that she doesn't actually have to say anything mm-hmm. <laughs> you use your mind yeah that's how the force works yeah she's but she's doing the whole waving of the hands and but i the think talking i think that's kind of like the more senses you engage in the process the more convincing it is yeah. Like if you shake his hand and look him in the eyes and say words out loud, it's like, you know, maybe it's more powerful than just like sitting in the corner being like, think about popcorn. Yeah. Well, I know that is why they do that Strong whole scene. hand wave thing is, is as a distraction, like a magician would. Right. Don't pay attention to my words. Hey, yeah. Disregard that. Cause he does it like a Obi-Wan does it like a flippant disregard that gesture. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's yeah waving don't even worry about like, it. Forget it. So aren't the droids you're looking for. No, it's fine. Whatever, man. Everything is fine. I'm moving my hands back and forth. You guys can't see. Yeah, we're both flailing around like we're... So, ha, I stole that. Answer from you. Now, how are they exiles? <laughs> this one, not getting tougher. No. They no. are literally exiled from their home planet where they live yeah. by their son, the government. Um... Exiled from Han's home planet by the government. Um, not up until, I mean, like, what, halfway through the book? Not talking to Luke or Mara? Like, no. And, exiled from your own family? And really, this whole book treats them because they, they, they're, they, they're gone. They're so exiled like, from the story for four <laughs> books. Yeah. They are. Yeah. They're on the outskirts. Well, not on the outskirts. They end up in the heart of a lot of moments. But they're it's so they're so weirdly on the edge of things somehow. Yeah, and, and at least like at in the other books there were spots where they were written in and stuff like that. Yeah. But there's there's like a good chunk of this book where Han and Leia are just not in it because this they, book has big chunks where 
lots of characters are just not in it. Yeah. We'll talk about that when we get to Jaina and Ben. Uh, but yeah, like yeah. people just go missing for <laughs> like three, four chapters. Then five, come back. six, eight chapters. <laughs> yeah. oh, it's 20 chapters long. Yeah. You're gone for 40% of the book. <laughs> what the hell? Anyways, they certainly are exiles, aren't they? Yes. True to title. The third set of characters I want to talk about. As we move up the scale of importance here. And I, you know, Han and Leia should probably be higher in that importance if they would fucking engage with their kid. <laughs> Anyways, Luke and Mara, the Masters Skywalker. Ooh, I just like saying the Masters Skywalker. Doesn't like Cornhorn or Kip Durin or one of them? <laughs> I thought you said Cornhorn. <laughs> <laughs> no. I was like, what the hell is a Cornhorn? <laughs> what? <laughs> 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 oh. I just I was looking right at your mouth when you said it too. I'm like, what the fuck is a corn <laughs> Alright man, uh, carry yeah. on. I'm uh, carry on. I'm just breaking down over here. I see that. A couple <laughs> It sounds so much more like crying than laughing. Oh, fucking cornhorn. Okay, anyway. Stop sorry. saying cornhorn. Sorry, corn <laughs> Sorry. Master Those Mark. two masters, <laughs> one of them, I, I believe, oh. calls them. them, them. <laughs> I'm trying oh here, god. man. Oh my fucking god! Okay, Tim, move on. All right, all right. Master Skywalker, good. Yep. Continuing. No, what were you saying? That you one of uh, that one of the many masters of the Jedi Council. Yeah. Calls them that when like they're together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They do. Uh, I know. I don't I know. I stole that one from the book. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh my god. I thought you thought you made that up on I'm your own. I'm not cutting this out either. Fucking <laughs> corn horn. Okay, Luke and Mara. Oh, the Master Skywalker. This might be. Oh my god, I'm not past it. Okay. This might. This. <laughs> this might be. Their most comfortable start of any book. They're at home in the temple on Coruscant with Ben. Yep. That's like, that's as good as it gets for the Masters Skywalker. They're not sleeping. But... <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Cause he, cause... Sleepless nights are a common theme in the, amongst these novels. And maybe that's why everybody's gone fucking mental. <laughs> they're because they're asleep. all tired. <laughs> I'm too tired to talk to Jason. Jesus, I can't. He just murdered Boba Fett's daughter, and I'm hanging out with Boba Fett now. Like, that's my friend. <laughs> Shit, son. Uh, maybe. Maybe they're all tired. They have a comfortable start. Lasts for about a minute. And then the GA wants Jason to be a master. And then Jag shows up talking about a llama. And then, oh, they find Lumaya's data pad with a cryptic false lead about their her dead fake daughter. Less comfortable pretty quickly. Yes. I thought things were going to be okay here, Tim, in the middle of the series. <laughs> Smack in the middle of the series halfway through this book, right? Is anything major? I was trying to think. I was trying to look to or pay attention when we were reading. Does anything particularly major happen right around the middle of this book? That would tip us into the back half. 
the very end where like Jason gets embarrassed and stuff, but yeah, um, outside of that, not mostly just everybody meeting like on booster ship. Really. Oh, maybe it's uh, well, right around the same time when they get to booster ship, the Krillian blockade gets broken. Yeah, that, that would the do GA it. blockade of Krillia gets, yeah. and that's the first embarrassment for Jason. So yeah, he's had a bad book. That's his first yeah. fail. And yeah. then a major fail at the end. We'll talk about that when we get to him. Point being, they were comfortable for a minute. Mm-hmm. I thought, here we are. Book four. Problem solved. Psych! They head to the errant venture for a hug with Leia and a quick chat with Jason, who confirms the misleading evidence that they uh, found on Lumaya's datapad. Convo they have with Jason, though, is cut short. By the aforementioned breaking of the GA's blockade of Corellia. We see them, Luke and Mara, do some fancy flying to help out the GA. Mm-hmm. They do their, you know, we've seen it a few times through the books, especially out in the first one when uh, old Aaron was in charge again. They're doing a fair share of pew pew. We don't see them again. Like we said, this is like the middle of the book. <laughs> People go fucking missing on milk cartons for <laughs> hundreds of pages of book. We don't see them again until they're doing more fancy flying at the very end of the book. Yeah. When they're working with the GAA spying on the thing at Galater, Glittertown. Yeah. Glatter 8. They're gone for most of the book. Yeah. Not until they're shaking hands with the enemy. Fucking all right. Yeah. So that's how you're going to do it. Pretty much. But, I mean, it's okay. It's fine. Which leads them, when they're at the end of the book... In to rescue Jason from the trap, only to psych out, be facing off once again against Lumai and Alema. We talked about how that went. Luke stops fighting the super threat for a minute to mysteriously hold her hand. Okay. A couple of points I made here. Okay. Number one, you know how dangerous she is. Yes. Okay. Stupid. Okay, next. And at the time of holding her hand, you think she wants to kill your kid. In fact, you've been convinced of this for yeah, two months, bucks. yeah, weeks, days. I don't know. It's hard to yeah. gauge time in these books. You've been convinced for ample amount of time that she's going to kill your son. And you hold her hand. <laughs> Stupid. Stupid. That's just stupid. Yeah. You're the Grandmaster of the Jedi. I understand you want to redeem everybody and save everybody, but that's your weakness, son. Yeah. You can't even, you can't even and protect the bad your guys own. Know it too. You won't even, yeah, exactly. She exploits exactly yeah. that. <laughs> stupid. Anyways, Mara is barely even in the narrative in this book. She's barely featured in yeah. the battle at the end. They're like, yeah, she pushed some guards out of the way and then fuck if I know what the hell she did after that. Yeah, I really don't. She, they don't. don't. Yep, they don't talk about her. Thanks, Aaron. A couple sexist. sentences. She talked to Luke a few times. Yeah, sexist. She was. She was what, at the beginning what of the, the heck. Book. Where's the double team? How about this? Hey, both of you. You're both convinced she's trying to kill your kid. Why are you watching him hold her hand from a distance? Yeah. Uh, why aren't you right in there, killing the shit out of her two on one? She's not fighting Alema. Leia is. She's like fighting fucking Confederation security guards. Yeah. 
really not anything to bother people that don't matter at all <laughs> compared to the 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 the, the, the threat you know that yeah. many does unknown soldier number one two three and four so again i mean just dumb but we see that time and time again where people are not taking the chance to kill each other yeah I, this, uh, this book has been pretty bloodshedless other than for presidents yeah, not a lot of deaths. Luke, Luke did do some violence in the last one. Sure, yeah, but I mean, he had to. But not, he's very passive. They're barely in the book. Yeah. And the whole time they are in the book, they're distracted by worrying about Ben because Lumaya wants to kill him. Yeah, where is Ben? They're, they're searching for clues about Lumaya because she's working with the GAG and they're worried about Ben. Are you, okay. Uh, that's just dumb. That's it's just dumb. They're worried about Ben because Lumaya wants to kill him because Jason is a bad influence because he is missing for fuck's sakes. <laughs> but now it's hand holding time. I this is fuck you, Luke Skywalker. The first time in my life I think I'll ever say that. <laughs> Other than when he's whining about power converters at Tashi Station. Yeah, that's you know he's that played it well yeah <laughs> but this is stupid another chance within your grasp to save everything could save everything again what do you do holding hands with your fucking ex-girlfriend mm-hmm. if you don't feel stupid enough just for that you should feel stupid that you didn't save the whole galaxy idiot moving on they didn't really have too much overall change through the story they're still anxious, and they're still missing the real threat. I mean, he grabbed her, hand on hand, but he was missing it. Yep. What was your favorite part of Luke and Mara? Besides, how stupid they are. <laughs> well, yikes. How do you not kill her? Anyway. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because that's definitely not my favorite Luke part. Skywalker. That that literally I made me it. groan. Because he's part. Luke Skywalker, right? That's the only reason, and it's literally written into his character every time, all the time. Yeah, he saved the the he's perpetually good, the baddest Nazi in the galaxy. Yeah. So, fine. It, okay, it's still really dumb that you held her hand, and we'll get back to the favorite part thing. I realize I'm hijacking this again. You really not. are. You're... But Mara, what are you doing? Where are you in this fight? She's right there. What are you doing? I don't get. I don't get that part of it. Like, how do you not write her into that fight? Yeah. Is the hand holding moment going to turn out to be so important later on that you have to leave her out of it so that he can hold her hand and Mara doesn't just fucking cut both their hands off <laughs> or whatever? But like. What was your favorite part, man? Ugh. It's probably the very beginning of the book when the, when they're going through Lumaya's stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, and oh yeah. When it's all when it's all when it's all trapped. This is the only time they're together. It's all trapped up, and Mara does that like weird like back bend, whatever it is. She like disarms a poison bomb. And stuff. Yeah, and then this the like spear thing comes out her, and Luke's just like, "Hey, there's a trap there." They were just. My favorite part was uh, when they were uh, in the book. Oh, yes. Because that was rare. Yep, right at the beginning, right at the end. The Grandmaster of the Jedi. 
yeah. has been missing for most of the book. How are they exiles? Step one. They're exiled from the book. Moving on. Joke yes. over. <laughs> yeah. uh, narratively. Yeah, narratively. How are they exiled? They're kind of segregated themselves from... I was just going to say exactly that. From the Jedi Council. Yeah. Right? Big time. Yeah. They have stepped outside the council to not really deal with their family problems. But yeah, to uh, they disagree. to not involve anybody else. At least. Yeah, they they disagree on making Jason a master like some of the other ones say he should. They they are kind of doing things on their own without running it past the council themselves. Which I mean, you don't have to. Like the council isn't about asking each other's permission, no, but, but it is about for a vote, it is about talking about the difficult things that you have to do in deciding whether it's right or wrong. Yeah. And they do that at one point, right? Where uh, I think early on where they talk about, they use that, should, that term. And, should Leia be punished? And, and then, yeah, the, 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 they the, use that term that, whatever uh, held the mediator. That, yeah. <laughs> the devil's that, advocate that Kip made up. Yeah. The bug thing. Yeah. Something, something bug rock slug. Yeah. It's about, it's a kind of, bug either way, it's about playing devil's advocate in the yeah. arguments, but Again, back to that. Their whole thing is they only want to use their logic. They don't want to trust their feelings also, right? We talked yeah. about that at the time when we read it. And here here you are. How are you not trusting your feelings that she's the baddest thing that could happen right now? Yeah. You want to logic out why is she not feeling evil towards me right now? And why is she reaching out her hand to me? Cut the bitch apart. You fuck. <laughs> Seriously, you suck, Luke. You suck sometimes, man. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Okay. Um, that's for sure. They're exiled from the Jedi Council. They're exiled from their family, like everybody else is. Yeah, everybody and they're is. exiled pretty heavily from their son for the entire series. Yeah, where like they're not tight. They're not close. They don't have close relationships. He's been pulling away from them for his teenage years so far yeah which is like one and a half <laughs> or two now up to this point but like yeah i don't know they're pretty uh isolated uh themselves yeah well and everybody is right? nobody talks <laughs> like seriously i know you have the magic power of skype across stars and you don't use it yeah moving on to the fourth character i want to talk about Jaina Solo, who I dubbed, of course, I've said it many times, the angriest Jedi. Yep. Here we go. Get ready. Oh, Tim, I want you to look at this. This is an entire lined page, single space, written by hand about Jaina Solo in this book. She is in three scenes. And away we go. Aaron Alston does fuck all with Jaina in this book. <laughs> Actually, I'd argue there has been very little use or change or growth of her at all across all four of these freaking books. She, she, she is the evil main character's twin sister. Yes. Where is she? What is she? She's not even in this book. They talk about a lot about her and her not boyfriend. Her biggest change her was Zach doesn't want to be her boyfriend anymore. Yeah. That's not her change. That's his change. He doesn't want to be her boyfriend anymore. Forced upon her. 
Not her decision. Not a growth uh, out of her. Not a change out of her. That's him. He grew. And he's like, I'm but, sick of your bitch. But ass. now she wants both of them. Again, not growth or change. Back to where she was before these books even started. Yeah. I guess it's changed technically. Ooh. I don't know. So, what's she up to in this book? Well, she doesn't show up until chapter six out of 20. Okay. Sometimes that can be a thing that happens. When Jag shows up to tell her she ruined his life, literally, she shows us her little bit of growth by not exploding every time somebody says something she doesn't like. There it is. That's her major growth <laughs> that across is four books. Sometimes she closes her lips and doesn't be mad out loud. It's small so far. It's not very well explored. And it's kind of emphasized in like a... I don't know, like in a, in a really like surface way. It's not, it's not, it's like really superficial the way that it's emphasized all the time. Everybody's just like, Oh, she ain't being a bitch. Yeah. Like she never really has too much insight from her where she's like, Oh, like I just don't want to be mad all the time or whatever the hell her thought process is. Cause Hey, want to know why she ain't in the fucking books. She then, Watches fellow Alema hunters, Zach and Jag, have a pull-up competition. And she wavers on her feelings for them. Yeah. She wonders a bit about the Sword of the Jedi prophecy. Don't get anywhere with that. Jag's Wonder Tech TM finds Alema and they head out to hunt. And Jaina gets to run beside her mom. Cool. That's the first time they've been together in a while for sure in a while yeah obviously um the wonder tech i guess doesn't spot a lemma at the confederation meeting because it's not like an alliance ship or whatever place or whatever so i guess that makes sense but when the trap is sprung and now it's specifically said and i read it from the book at the time i tagged it all the Jedi that are out in space outside of this Confederation meeting in their X-Wings spying. Luke, Mara, Jaina, Zach, Corrin, Jags out there. He's not a Jedi. Whatever. There's like seven or eight people. Luke and Mara head over to save Jason. Because there's like nine of them there. Yeah. Including Jaina. When the trap is revealed, Jaina, of course... I don't know. I, I I don't know. It doesn't say what she does. No. It doesn't say what she does. She could not be more of a main character in the sky when her twin brother gets trapped and attacked kilometers away. Yep. Yeah. Don't even tell us what she does. I'm guessing we're supposed to assume she goes to help the GA. But why? She's not in the military. She's yeah. been court-martialed by her brother and, hint, exiled from the military. Why do you not tell us what the fuck she's doing, man? <laughs> I'm mad about it. Well, and, and, Cornhorn, fuck off now. And, and I have a question about this. I have a question about 
this is you put them in in importance. Why is she so? Why is she so higher? She had not like nothing in this book. Why is she higher? Foreshadowing. <laughs> She's prophesized. She's prophesized no, because I do want to pay more attention to her across the span of the books because she becomes important because she is Jason's twin because they're the the closest bond that either one of them has with any other human in the fucking galaxy because they're always abandoned by their parents to babysitters. Yep, they're always together. You don't. She literally isn't fucking mentioned. You are so upset about it. That's terrible. That's needs to be in the book. It's important. <laughs> Her thoughts at that moment are important. Her choices at that moment are important. Where does Zek go? Where yeah. does Corin go? And, and Jack. You don't and... even say. Yeah. Come on. It's just Luke. Luke says we're gonna go get Jason. Somebody says, okay, and then fuck all the other Jedi in the sky. Fuck them and their stupid asses. Because apparently they don't matter. Like, I don't... What the hell? That's the end of my fucking tirade, Tim. Yeah, wow. What's your favorite part of Jaina? You... There's only two parts she's actually in, like we like mentioned. So, <laughs> yeah, it shouldn't so, be hard to pick. So, so I'll tell you uh, mine. I'll tell you mine. Here we go. My favorite part. No, you tell me first. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. I'm just the none of the parts are actually good. I would <laughs> like when she's kind of yelling at herself when she's looking at Jag and Zach doing the chin ups, and she's actually getting angry at herself for Liking saying, it. <laughs> "Yeah, for being like this is cool." She's like, no. <laughs> That's... She gets mad because she likes boy muscles. Here's my favorite part. Yeah. That is a good one, though. <laughs> that scene is is good. The two of them, Jag and Zek, are great together. Yeah. But she does nothing in that scene. No, she, she just doesn't contribute much looks at, at them and she thinks. Just, she observes. She's yeah. a fucking... She's a creep. She's, she's, a, she's a innocent bystander, I guess. My favorite part is Jag... Getting to tell her off because of all the horrible shit that she did mm-hmm. in the last books. Because she fucking did things in those books. That's my favorite part. They talk about things that Jaina did in other books. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm fucking beyond words at this point. How you, I, 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 I can't understand how you don't narratively mention, like, how rushed does the end of this book feel? Yeah. It's supposed to have a fast pace feel because it's action. Mm-hmm. But it feels like you're just missing stuff everywhere. Yeah. Like why? How the hell? Okay. I, what I feel like is that it was written with all this extra stuff. And when the editor came in, it was like, no, garbage. Yeah. I don't even care. Just take out those last, take out five <laughs> chapters because it's five chapters it's shorter than all the other books. Chapters long. And, and okay. At some point or another, they must have felt a lemma on the ship as she was using force powers and fighting with Leia. Yeah. Really? Jaina must them. have felt her mom on the ship in a fight. How yeah. she does nothing, Jag does nothing, Zach does nothing. Zach would feel it. Jaina would feel it. 
And there's other Jedi out there too. It's like it's how not just the like hell do you just? Why are they mentioned? Yeah, you mentioned nine eyes in the sky, and then you just cross seven of them out and use Luke and Mara. I don't. I. That's so lazy to me. Not. I am not a writer, and I should not criticize anybody's writing. But that is fucking bullshit. Isn't that kind of what we're, what we're doing here with this? Yeah, well, but not... like, we're more talking about how much we love it. Yes. And so the point being, let's I never bring realized it back this. to a po- Okay, go ahead. I never realized this because we've read all these. I, mean, yeah. I never realized this book was so, like, Jaina minimal. Yeah. I never realized. Hey, it. man, the first four are. Yeah. She's done very little. She's been in it very little. She had her moments at Relideer. She had the Duke of Galney thing. She's yeah. had off and on moments with, with Zek across the fucking universe. Yeah. The two they before when the blockade first starts, she has a she fights with Jason and disobeys his orders and then uh, Yeah, they were supposed to kidnap the Prime Minister, the Chief of State or something in the first book. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah. yeah military engagement. Yeah. Except for she's this in, last one. She's in the action scenes. Yeah, except for this last Until one. this one. Yeah. When her brother and mom and her enti- entire family is there. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Leave her out. She's how is she How is she in exile? Exiled from the book. <laughs> exiled from the military. And basically, this is one I, I thought of. An exile from like everything because she is the sword of the Jedi. Yeah. She's, she, a, she's special. That is one of the things she actually mentions about being the sword of the Jedi and not being able to have attachments and yeah, all that stuff. Even more so than anybody else. Yeah. Because like, what the hell is my special destiny going to be? It's yeah. going to be something that's going to put people I love in danger for sure. It's that sword. Yeah. It can't be. It's not. I'm not going to be a blacksmith. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't know what it means. So she's kind of thinking that, yeah, no, everybody's she's just quite gotta... apprehensive about it. Yeah. Well, as you would be. I think the most important thing that she's exiled from is her brother. Well, brothers, I guess, but specifically Jason. Because the two of them were best friends and twins and always did everything together. And in this, these moments of dire fucking madness, the two of them are not together or even communicating or even like each other. Yeah. And like, that's got to be the biggest thing. Yeah, I think they were so close that even at one point, this is from the previous series and I had nothing to do with this. They mentioned that um, she seemed so much stronger in the force when they were kids because he was using his own force powers to yeah, like to, bolster hers. Yeah, like a battery pack, man. Yeah, like they were that. Because he's just that much Jesus. <laughs> Turning his water sister into wine sister. Or he's like, Jason, the tool man, Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> More power. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Cornhorn. <laughs> no, he's not next. No. Next is Ben Skywalker, who I dubbed the littlest Prentice. Because it sounds too much like princess. <laughs> I, know, I liked it a lot because. He's such an important piece of the story and he's Jason's little apprentice. Obviously he's going to be heavily featured throughout the whole book. And he is. Yeah, he is. But not until 
Chapter 8. Ben sits out the first seven chapters of a 20-chapter book. Now, this one is okay. Because he literally gets full chapters. Seven, a 17-page chapter. Yeah, all to himself. All to himself. So, this is okay. Yeah. Jaina gets left out for six chapters and then gets like three more paragraphs. And they're all at exposition. Talking. It's just... That's not true. They have a fight on the errant venture. Whatever. But what does she do on there? Runs down the hallway with her mom and then you don't hear about her again! Jag shoots a lemma. Zek chases her, distracts her in the first place. For anyone who's <clears throat> not paying attention... <clears throat> Justin really doesn't like that Jaina was cut out of most of this book. I don't even think she was considered for most of it, let alone uh, cut uh, out of it. Uh, I don't think There's so. There's no threads of her at all. There's nothing. Anyways. Ben. Back to Ben. We're talking about Ben now. Yes. Shows up in chapter eight. Like I said, far too late for my taste. The kid is the main character. I don't know why you're waiting so long. The first seven chapters are not direly important that you can't interrupt it with one of your fucking vignettes of here's Ben, you know, and when he shows up in chapter eight, what's he doing? Fucking nothing in the library for a minute, goes down to fucking shoot some tennis balls with the droid. That's it. That's it. That's all he's doing. You can't tell us that in a vignette. Like just like to check in on him in the first hundred pages of the book. Shame, shame on, shame on the editors, shame on Aaron Alston for the way this book is put together. I, I'm gonna blame the editors. I, I like Aaron Alston. A lot I'm of blaming the editors. Here's what I'm gonna say. Okay, a lot of people would have been really close to being able to save this book along the way, yes. but nobody managed to be on target and do it. It's a reflection of this fucking story of Jason Solo. Now, even though he's not in the book for most of the time, Ben Skywalker, who we're talking about. Manages to still have like the most impactful and transformative journey. Yes, he does. The entire book. Well, because he gets a total. He gets like five chapters, uh, like worth of pages here and there. Yeah. That's all Ben. Yeah. Even though the other characters had a hundred page head start. Yeah. He catches up, <laughs> surpasses them. This is that's that's what's up. This is Ben's book. Yes, it is. This book is about Ben, and there's some minor political shifting in the background. But this book is about Ben. And he starts out grounded at the Jedi Temple <laughs> yeah. with Darth Vader essay homework to do. But then after receiving a secret mission from Jason, a.k.a. Lumaya, he breaks out and runs away, as you do when you're 13. The first leg of his mission finds Ben choosing to be careful and patient, stealing money, breaking into the building, Stealing a getaway ship. He's taking his time. He's being thoughtful. He has a lot of time. And he's using it. He's out there being decisive on his own. And choosing not to hurt anybody casually. That's very important to him. Like when he's stealing the money from the guy. I don't want to hurt anybody. Yeah. just want to do this. He, he, he could easily smack this guy, but he decided, no, no, I'll pickpocket him. I'll just flick a card out of his thing and we're, we're good to go. Now, the second part of his journey is like the morality challenge. Faskus is not a bad guy. No. Nope. He's just a courier. You got to save his daughter. She's innocent as fuck. Doesn't get more innocent than a six-year-old six child. Than a six-year-old little girl, yeah. Who's just 
forced to be there. You have to protect her. You have to feed her. Good job, Dad, by the way. Yeah, great move. Although he could have just thought it was an innocuous courier job. Like, not a. Maybe he's not like a. Maybe Faskus wasn't like a dirty guy. Like, yeah. maybe it wasn't a, a sneaky, underhanded job. It was just delivering a necklace to a place. And he's like, let's go on a fucking adventure on a vacation. Yeah. You're dead. Little callous. I know. So, instead of leaving her to die. For an easier mission, he takes care of her. He brings her on this wild journey across the winter forest planet of Zyast. Mm-hmm. I found now all of a sudden I'm stuck in the middle of making <laughs> up, deciding between the vowel sound. Zyost or Zyast? Zyast. Which it's is a, actually a, a nice bounce. It's I know, bad. man. I, I know, like man. It. Sometimes the shit writes itself. <laughs> As they say in my house. Um, the thing about Ben, though, is that his mind is being constantly tested at nighttime. His mind. Being tested by dark voices. Can you resist the voices? First, they're telling him to kill a girl, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they say protector, protector. And that's easier to listen to. And then he has his will tested by starving yep. for many days with a small child. When the voices come and tell you, eat her, eat, eat her right up. <laughs> Scrum, diddly, umptious. Just eat her. It's a, no big deal. Yeah. Like we said, don't worry. He doesn't do that. No, he doesn't. But either. can you still save the the little kid? Can you still save the little kid when you're dying of hunger? He has his strength tested by the pirates and TIE fighters. Badass. Can bad. you survive? Can you Figure out a way to defeat two TIE fighters with your bare hands <laughs> on the surface of the planet. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you when can. you got that sweet Skywalker blood. Oh, he most certainly can. <laughs> he resists all the dark side temptations that would have made his mission easier. And in the end, he finds ship and passes its test before assuming control of it and flying off of this uninhabited planet where he's been starving to death for like a week or so with a six-year-old from 13 to 14 because he has his birthday in the middle there right after he abandoned the girl (laughs) bing ding bing he gets a message from his parents it's your birthday happy birthday we're so proud of you And he's like, happy birthday to me. I just killed a kid. (laughs) And then he doesn't. So thank God Luke and Mara communicated with somebody, huh? Stopped something bad from happening by just talking, eh? Doing it from the past, too. Traveling through time to save your son from the dark side. Whoa, I never thought about it like that before. (laughs) And that's kind of extra cool. (laughs) He grew up a lot in that, like, five seconds. Well... He did. Mm-hmm. But from 13 to 14, he had his strength, his will, his resolve, all tested, maybe tempered into hardened Ben Steelwalker. Nope. Don't like that one. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Fair enough. I didn't like it either. This time on his own has him questioning Jason and Jason's actions as well. Yes. But eventually he lands on 
Jason wouldn't do the wrong thing on purpose. So he just has more information than I have, like Lumaya and us. Same yeah. relationship. <laughs> exact same relationship. And as Ben, is, ben heads back to Coruscant, but there's no way this kid is going to be the same. No, no. He left a child, and he is coming back as much of a man as you can be as a 14-year-old. Killing beasts in the nighttime to save yourself at a campfire. Hunting food to keep a child from starving. Struggling not to kill and eat that same child. Blowing up TIE fighters with your bare hands and your mind. Actually, with your mind. Yeah. And giant rocks. But... He's he's a different dude when he left. At the beginning of the mission, he's kind of tentative, more being careful and, and thoughtful. Yeah. Really, like cautious. <laughs> but through this journey, look at how just quickly he starts making decisions out there when he's in survival mode. Yeah. He doesn't fuck around. No, no, I'd I'd probably would have curled up to a ball and Oh, died. for sure I'd be dead. Yeah. No, for sure, for sure dead. But I see him coming back different. Is he going to start questioning orders? GAG orders? Is he going to start questioning Jason? Not outwardly, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah. Not outwardly, but in but his head, he'll it, be like, eh. He'll be more mindful, I think, yeah. of, of, decision, of, the, of what goes into making a decision when somebody else's life is at stake and stuff like that. Yeah, because he has had to make those decisions now. He's had to do it now. All the stuff with like Commando 967 and like that was all pretty low risk. Yeah. You know? That's all like infiltration, kidnapping in the nighttime. Had to cut a couple of heads off once. Yep. <laughs> like mostly every, everybody's safe in there. This is different, man. On his own, making decisions, deciding what to do, and deciding to do the right thing on his own when nobody's looking. Which, Seth, if you're listening to this or Lincoln anytime in the future, that is the most important thing I've tried to tell you all your life. Do the right thing when nobody is looking. That's when it's easiest to choose to do the wrong thing. Yeah. When you're on the planet by yourself and nobody's looking at you. When choose to do the right when thing. When there's no consequences, it's easier to slip up. For sure. Choose to do the right thing. It's yeah. easy to choose to do the wrong Don't thing. Don't go to the dark side. It's hard to choose the right thing. Now, this was Lumaya's plan, but I think it might have backfired. Yeah. I think Lumaya done made this boy a man. And not not in a gross way. In a in a more esoteric way. Yes. I think so. I think she was trying to temper him into a Sith. Yeah. Like make him kill, make him suffer, make him survive. But the um the girl wasn't supposed to be there cuz the pirate said, mm-hmm. yeah. "Hey, we have a complication." That's right. That was not part of her plan. No. And so is that the force sticking its big blue dick in the middle of her evil plans? And just being like, whoop, got to, sorry, got to save that Skywalker. <laughs> whoop, yeah. just slide a fucking. Just scoop him up out of there. Thanks. You know, put that little six-year-old in there. Guilt and <laughs> saved, you know, Catholic church and such. What was your favorite part for Ben? Steelwalker, Stormwalker. That, that, that's much that's better name. Bad. Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, I'm joking, guys. I know his name. Anyways, what was your favorite part? Um, it's a more mindful part of his when he's 
when he's going to break into that building. Okay. And he's thinking. I thought for uh, sure you were about to steal my part, but you're not. No. Carry on. I no. won't have to yell it out. <laughs> he's going to break into that building, and it's the first time when he's like, all right, I could just go in there. But he starts to think not Jason's way. Right, right. But he goes and li- listens to like his mom's advice. Sometimes the harder thing to do is to be patient, do it right. Yeah, listen to that too, kids. I like, yeah. That that was my favorite part. That was the first part where he was like, Jason's way may not be the right way. Yeah, and him just like thinking. Yeah. How and what's the best way and who's guidance do i trust the most out here on my own hey and uncle right han away, and aunt leia yeah. this is how you do it right away <laughs> yeah, right away he turns to his mom's guidance and yeah once he's out on his own he is not often thinking about what would jason do no he sometimes is thinking i could have done way worse things and jason would let me get away with it yeah <laughs> but he's not often thinking what would jason do yeah yeah, yeah that's a really interesting point man yeah uh, my favorite part was, um, I think near the end of the, the journey on Zeist <laughs> where, uh, it's after the voices switch from protect the girl to eat the girl, mm-hmm. <laughs> kill the girl where he starts, he questions it and he's like, did they just tell me to protect her at first so that I would start listening to them? And then once I'm listening to them, they changed their message on me. Hey, that's genius. That's so clever and such an interesting, important thing to notice. Yeah. Because it's what we're going to fucking see happen throughout the rest of the book is they tell you what you want here till you're comfortable. And then they push you to do things that you're not comfortable with, with the same hand that brought you close in the first yeah. place. You know, it's uh, it, they take advantage of you like that. Like that's what the dark side's trying to do. What if Hit, you could get kids to listen to you that way? How about that though? Remember how uh, we're talking about like, uh, what is your crack that lets the dark side get in? Yeah. The dark side tries to get into Ben through his protector side. He wants to protect the girl. That yeah. And that is his only weakness is his. His over the top Luke Skywalker goodness. Yeah. Which is actually Jason's weakness. Too. And then his weakness becomes hunger. Yeah, well. And then they're like, eat that bitch. <laughs> Sorry, six-year-old. But like, yeah, it is sort of Jason's. But he, his, now that he's, he's way older than Ben, right? Like he's yeah. 31 or two or something. And um, it's a totally different thing. Yeah. That's how, a good one. How is Ben in exile? Well, this whole, he's, this whole thing's in exile. First, first of all. Exiled from the book till chapter eight. Great. I don't care about that. Again. First from Jason because he's with his parents. Right. Then he gets he... exiled from the GAG from his, his yeah. master. Yeah. And then and then he just switches, follows Jason's thing. So he exiles himself from his from, from his, parent. his parents and the Jedi. Yeah. And then he's on a planet by <laughs> and himself. Then he exiles himself from everybody because he jumps to jumps the mission to where he thinks nobody's gonna know where I am. Yeah. Nobody will ever know that I left Amalia or whatever the hell planet it was. Amaregamania. Yeah. So uh, nobody's ever going to know I left the planet where they, where they know I am. Yep. And went somewhere else. Yeah. He totally exiles himself from everybody. 
and nobody would have found him because nobody knew where he was except for Lumaya. And he's stranded on the planet with no ship. Yep. Trying to keep a six-year-old alive. Being led by a voice through his dreams to a ship. Yes. An ancient, ancient ship. I'm, su- I'm surprised that we haven't run into, because both you and me like it so much, that ship somewhere in the importance of the characters because it's just a cool ship. Yeah, yeah. No, the ship's amazing. I'm going to stick him probably number one in the next book. But Ben Skywalker has the biggest character growth of any anything anyone so far at all yeah and it took a lot of pages to get him there yeah he was the main focus of the book this is ben skywalker's book i my my first line of my note here this whole book is about ben yep other things happen in the background yeah other things don't happen in the background but this book is about ben moving on to our final and Allegedly most important character. Well, he is the focal point. The focal point. Yeah. Jason Solo, who I now wish I had called the focal point. So that's like a... That's a really cool, like, super villain name. (laughs) (laughs) I called him Space Jesus 2. Okay. We have referred to him as... The The sequel. We have referred to him as that before. He is that. Yeah, he is. But in this book, with Han and Leia on the cover, (laughs) Jason starts off having nightmares about his mom killing him, murder-suiciding him, really, because he's not guilty about shooting at the Falcon. So that's why he's having these nightmares. He's not guilty. He, um, I hit on an idea here, and then I ended up writing a, a page and a half. Oh, okay. <laughs> About Jason Solo here. He is emotionally raw at the beginning of this book. Yeah. He's scared from the last, from Tempest, from the attempt on his lover and his daughter. Mm-hmm. Shooting at his parents. And the way that I, I it, it occurred to me was going back through the notes, and both Wedge and Captain Pisspants hurt his feelings. Yes, they did. They hurt Space Jesus 2's feelings. And he acts out about it. Yes, he does. Not Wedge, but uh, Piss Panther. Yeah, dis- disables her ship so she can... I mean, she has to... he's really, he's really, like, scared. But, early on, he steals himself in his, uh, finger quotations, greater good armor. Mm-hmm. So he's good to go. He's scared, and then he convinces himself everything is going to work out fine. He's doing this all for the greater good. He's able to do things. Everything's okie-dokie. But he is still emotional, even though he's not able to admit it to himself. Because we also see him jealous or wanting more power in the Force, like a few times. He wants Lumaya's projection power. Yep. He wants... To be able to control entire space fleets. Not something we've seen him do much before. Be jealous and and wanting of other things. Yeah, he wants to have the Sith battle meditation. I think he's impatient because he's scared. He's all out of patience for this Sith master process. He needs it to be done because he's fucking terrified. Yeah. 
Someone almost killed his daughter inches away from him in the last book. For real. And when I say someone, I mean... Oh, God, I'm blanking on her name. Aura Singh. Aura Singh. Thank you. That's why you're here. Uh, That is why I'm here. (laughs) That's what you're here for. teamwork. It is teamwork. Boom. (laughs) All right, moving on from our own stupid jokes. Seriously, though, the guy is emotionally broken from the end of the last book. And, like, moving forward throughout this entire book, we see he he has all the powers. We never see him wanting anything. No. But now he does. He's become impatient. The other thing, you see him being petty. When he, early on, when he's talking with Luke and Mara and they're, like, questioning him about whatever the fuck. Where's Ben? And he's like, oh, I should... Teach Luke some respect, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Like, angry, petty Jason. Emotional Jason. That's not who Jason Solo is. Yeah. He's, like, reverted to being, like, an eight-year-old. He's emotionally stunted. He's all emotions in the be- in the beginning of this book. Yeah. He sabotages pit pan- piss pants when he's being all uh, hurt feelings and, and uh, you know, uh, the other word that I just said. But... He's still shook from his wife and daughter almost being killed. That's fine. It's reasonable. It's actually really kind of smart. And when you look at this book and the way that he makes all of his decisions, he is emotional and like animalistic in his, he's not thoughtful. He is fearful. Yeah. He's not thinking things through at all. Think about this. The blockade at Karelia gets broken, and that's his first major failure Yeah, in public. He looks bad in front of his government and military people in a, in a, loosey, a loosely associated sort of way. You know, the blockade wasn't his plan, and it's not all his, him on the line, but he's definitely the face of it. Mm-hmm. And with his, uh, you know, he had the Anakin Solo Star Destroyer in there, and uh, he was part of the losing battle. Has to eat shit on that one and look bad in front of his peers. And in that meeting after that, the they fault him and the GAG for the Bothans joining Krillia. It was a GAG access code that leaked the file. We know it was Lumaya. Yeah. He takes the heat for it. He's forced to eat a dick and ask Piss Pants for help. Yeah. How about that? Jason Solo had to ask a nobody for help. Somebody who would dare to compare herself to his father the first fucking time she speaks yeah. in the book. But that's amazing to me. And ultimately, at the end, it's Jason's intel and his plan that lead the GA right into the Confederation trap. Yep. Another, this time massive direct association failure for you. Yeah. Cause he supplied the Intel and explain this to me. You're Jason solo. Okay. You're Johnny logic brain. Mm-hmm. You sabotage this woman's ship. Then ask her for help and blindly trust her information. Yeah. Or, or at least wholeheartedly trust her information and even ask her for help in the first place after you sabotage her. This is not thoughtful, Jason. This is not smart, Jason. This is scared animal, Jason. Yeah. Man, 
he said it earlier as a choice. No more thinking, only reacting. Yeah. But now he's living it in his fear. Yeah. And it's a drastic shift from the way that he usually acts. So in this book, like to me, it seemed like, you know, he didn't do a whole hell of a lot. No, he's like the, with his decision making, he's like the flip side of Han and Leia who are letting people tell him what to do mm-hmm. or tell them what to do. Yeah. Jason is letting situations guide Dictate him rather actions, than, yeah. yeah. He's not, he's not in big picture mode right now. He's too a focused on his sacrifice and whatever the hell that's going to have to be. And scared about that. Yeah. And scared about the safety of his loved ones. Even if his loved ones don't include his parents or aunt and uncle or whatever. Or or his cousin. Well, although it it does. Yeah. (laughs) But at the very end, Luke shows up to save him and he says, I don't need your help. And he runs away from his mommy. Yeah, and leaves him there. Also, and this is important, he wears blackface. Yes. While this is happening, <laughs> he's wearing a beard and sprayed on blackface. Yep. Just, just want to throw that out there. But what just happened with Jason Solo in this book, man? That's a big shift. Like, is it a major shift for him? Is it going to be permanent? Or is he just like temporarily scared and making mistakes and taking losses and losses, taking losses and tarnishing his spotless heroic record? Or is that going to pass? Well, or, I, yeah, right? and I think that's what's happened is he he's taking these losses and then he's trying to do something to fix it, but he's rushing to it. Yeah, which is making it an even more colossal loss. Yeah, like which is true, and it's there. true the whole GA where like. You broke our blockade. We got to kill them now. We have to smash this confederation apart right now. You know, they overreact as well. And they don't plan it out very well either because they all look into his intel. And obviously it all checks out. But like for him to not be written suspicious of that information at all. Yeah. Weird. It's just weird. But he's he's like fully feral now. (laughs) He's only making fear based decisions. Well, like we said, there are no decisions, only reactions, mm-hmm. but they're all fear-based reactions. It's a massive tone change for, for him from confident and correct about everything to scared and flawed and failing. Yeah. And it happens really kind of subtly through the book because I didn't notice it until I went back to write this blurb about what the hell did Jason do? Yeah. Oh, some very different things. He felt, <laughs> he was scared, and he failed a lot. A lot. And a lot. On a large scale. And in, a, on a, in another way, too, where Ben failed the test. Yeah. And he chose Ben, and Ben was supposed to be his Sith apprentice, and that was the guy he was betting on. He failed on that, too. Yep. That's not Jason Solo, man. This is a tough book for that fucking guy. <laughs> yeah, it is. What? Was your favorite part of Jason Solo? Of Jason. His whole, it's actually the first part of the book where, where he's in that like yeah. conscience struggle with himself, but in his like, in his in dream, his dream yeah. with his mom, yeah, yeah. that was really like cool. Meta, meta dreaming about dreaming. 
Yeah, that was that was really cool for me because it actually scared him enough to shock him into being awake. Shock him into closing the blast shutters. Yeah, he also. did. Yeah, <laughs> even though his mom wasn't gonna come through the door. No, he couldn't even look out the he, window. He couldn't even risk it. But after he that. shut he. And we noted that right away in the first chapter. Yeah. Or where? Yeah, that was in the opening scene, and that I I don't know wasn't paying attention, man. But that's the tone of Jason Solo. Dude, the this whole, whole book. This whole book is him scared and running and reacting. Yep. Ooh. Missed it for twenty chapters, but we got there at the end. <laughs> we got there. That's what these reviews are for. Yeah, that's right. For tying it all together, the bigger picture. My favorite part of Jason was after he'd already walked into the trap and they're like, boom, shine a spotlight on him. And (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, we have Colonel Jason Solo here. He thinks he's going to kill all of us, but he doesn't know we're going to kill him. (laughs) That was was funny. Great. man. Especially for such a confident man who always gets everything right. Just, Shine a literal spotlight on your foolish mistake. Yeah. And, and the lady that's saying it, the lady that's saying it, please don't kill any of the group. Yeah, they're they're actors. actors. Please don't please. kill them. Jesus, leave them alone. Yeah. Space Jesus, too. Please leave them alone. How is Jason in exile? He did it to himself. Self-imposed. He cut himself off from his family. Cut himself off from the Jedi. Yeah. Cut himself up while well, he attached himself to the government. <laughs> but it's still like polarizing even in the government because he's... in the government. Yeah. But not in the public. No, not in the public. <laughs> public people love the him. public fucking love this guy. Yeah. They love him. And I probably would too. I mean, I did. He's I do. <laughs> of all the, all the people in here as if you're going with sheer numbers, Jason is the least exiled because he's got all the people in the GA loving him or, We'll, the, we'll the say citizens. 75% of them. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, but he is also the one with the most power. Yeah. Out of all the exiles. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, I mean, Luke doesn't even have as much power as Jason. Force power or political power or, you know, um, sway the public power. Yeah. Like, he is maybe the most powerful guy in the galaxy right, right now already. Yep. With just being as popular as he is, running the secret police, having a Star Destroyer, and then being the strongest Jedi ever. Ever. It's weird. Some of this distancing was probably done, like, some of it was subtle and didn't mean to happen. He was just trying to do the right thing, but some of it was on purpose, maybe trying to distance himself. Yeah. Uh, unconsciously from who his sacrifice is going to be, right? Yeah. Because he's... It's supposed to be the person or something that he loves, but he doesn't. Or even consciously, like he does with his parents, where he's like, they may, or may, they may or may not be my sacrifice, but I'm going to have to kill him anyways. So yeah. push him away at an arm's length and run away from your mom. And she would be disappointed. He was wearing blackface. Yeah. So that's it. That covers all of our characters. That covers all of our main plot points. But I have a few questions left for you, Tim. Number one. Every time. How did you like the book? Oh, jeez. This, they're all, all the books are good. Yeah. This one, it, it, going over the review. Yeah, now. It feels, feels weaker than the It does the feel ones, weaker. I think it's a fucking excellent book. It's still Even a great for book. 
probably 12 minutes of yelling that you could pull out of this podcast that I did about it. It's only because I wanted more of the things that I care about. It yeah. doesn't mean that it wasn't all good also. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it is. It's great. He, the action's great. I know we fucking brutalized that one chapter when we were going through it because it was like, didn't need to be 12 vignettes. Like, yeah, we did. But no, I really like this book, obviously. I mean, and now after seeing that tone shift in of Jason more clearly at the end of the book, I'm like, oh, I, I, I like it more. And I want to read it again. <laughs> like to be like, how many other times was he just being a fucking rabid animal? And I wasn't paying attention to like his decision making, you know? Yeah. Because sometimes I just get lost reading the book. It's just goddamn good. Yeah, there I will say there were like chapters of this book that like I try and make notes at the end of each chapter. Yeah. But it would be like, okay, there's two and a half chapters and I haven't written a single thing. Well, damn. It did the and maybe this is the way that Aaron Alston writes. They all kind of feel like this, but it feels unfocused a lot of the time. Anytime that it's not about Ben in this book, it feels really unfocused. Yeah. It feels really like a shotgun. Pow, and there's sp- spread scatter all over the place. But when it's Ben, it's really, really good. Like, ex- almost exceptionally good. Yeah. it's If I a think, little bit ham-fisted because he's like 13, 14. Yeah. I think because there's so many little sections in each chapter that you, you end up, you're just getting into yeah. what's going on. And then, oh, we're somewhere else. Which is how the movies are. We, you yeah. start you start looking at the ship getting shot. Darth Vader comes on there and he's like, nah, you're a rebel. And then cut to the droids on the sand planet. And then cut to Luke Skywalker doing a, looking out at the sunset. And then cut to, you know, like it's like a series of we do them in our in our table RPG game when we do Star Wars. I just put my hand up and I move it horizontally across my face and I say, "We even do it in this podcast." <laughs> yes, and that do. means screen wipe. Star Wars cut to the next scene because it's it's like Star synonymous Wars. with Star Wars. Yeah, it, it is like that screen swipe sideways. But it's almost too much sometimes. Yeah, in the shorter vignettes. Like, well, that one chapter the one, that we tore I mean, apart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But that, again, is like editing, right? It's like structure that differently where take two or three of your smaller insignificant parts and uh, for the same characters and yeah. stick them together. Like, I think in that chapter we went from the beginning is like Luke and Mara go, oh my God, there's more evidence. We got to go. Cut to other shit. And then cut to Luke and Mara are like, hey, oh, we found more evidence and there's a basement. Cut to end of the chapter. And then the next chapter, they're in the basement. Yeah. Get the fuck rid of all that other stuff and start in the basement with a two sentences saying, we found this upstairs and we got this message about this and here we are. Nah, yeah. nah. Or, or cut it out and move it to the next chapter and just have it be well, that's, all one that's thing, what I mean. right? Like, yeah. Either, either get rid of it or put it together. Yeah. Cause it was so after, okay. After a chapter of like so many vignettes and then you start the next chapter off the end of the last vignette is like disconcerting, discombobulating. Yeah. It's not how you're writing. There's this book is inconsistent. 
but it's good. <laughs> it's still it's still good. Now, we, we will find something with every book I've found okay. that we don't like, and we will That's we will pick it though. apart. And there's things you don't like, things you want more of, things you want less of. I want less talking about Jane's boyfriends and more listening to Jane Solo talk about her thoughts and feelings. Yes. About not boyfriends. About not having <laughs> not boyfriends. The conversation that they had about the Sword of the Jedi was really interesting. Jag throws in his idea, swords are for killing enemies, the enemy of the Jedi is the Sith, you're supposed to kill the Sith, obviously, dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> right, but... Uh, I think the the best part about that was having a civilian's point of view on it. Or a non-Jedi. Well, yeah, yeah, non-Jedi, yeah. Jag is... Uh, He's not, not a civilian. Is a, is a hell of a... Well, tactical mind right yes. he's not a thoughts in, or he's not a he's not a feelings guy no he's a thoughts he is a plan guy. he is a sword point him at something and he will stab it and kill yeah. it okay one last question about this book okay before we move on and that's a trick because it's not about this book we said this book yeah. was ben's story we didn't go we didn't do this at the other reviews because we hadn't thought of it till now okay so we're gonna retroactively connect these things retcon <laughs> whose book is book one? Oh wow i think jason's yeah it'd be jason it's where's gotta be jason's yeah he ben is the one who destroys center point and meets his cousin but the whole thing is about you know jason jason jason's coming involved in the in the conflict it didn't take long either so what about book two? Well, book two is... I see, I would say it wasn't one of the main people. It would be Boba Fett. I, it is, sort of, right? Because, like... And lot. almost by proxy of him not being in the other ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, that's him. He sticks out so much in that. But I, it is. Half of it is him looking for a cure. Yeah. For, it's about him. It's about him dying, about his feelings, about so much good stuff about Boba Fett. Uh, it, but what else happens in that uh, it's a lot about the the splitting of the families like all around han and leia maybe they kill the president <clears throat> yeah does. now i think that one's boba fett's yeah and I'm then gonna... book three tempest is whose book whom's book whom's is i would hand that one to jason again really i think that one goes han and leia <clears throat> Because the book is largely about them being set up to be bad guys and then trying to prove that they're not bad guys. Yeah. I think, you know what, as a caveat, it's all this nine books th story is Jason's story. Yeah. <laughs> right? For sure. Yeah. But uh, in an individual book basis, who is he sharing the screen time with? Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> How about that? Enough. That that question makes more sense. Th that's better than than yeah, Han and Leia. So maybe yeah. Or or even like the whole, like if not just a, a couple people, but the solo family because Jaina makes a couple breakthroughs and yeah, and God, yeah. It's hard to narrow it down with so many like main characters in the cast. Han and Leia. But you know Send what? It. Jesus Christ, super space star number two. It's time to move on because this is an hour and a fucking half in. And it's time to talk about book five of Legacy of the Force, titled, and we've been waiting for it. Yes, we have. Sacrifice. Karen Travis is back, homie. Yeah, she is. And 
I would assume she'll be bringing some things with her. But before we get to that, I want to read the little blurb about Karen Travis in the back of this book. Okay. Either, I mean, I've definitely read it before, but it slipped my memory or I wasn't paying attention. I always skip over that stuff. I never read that. Karen Travis is the author of blah, 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 blah books. Great books. I'm sure. A former defense correspondent and TV and newspaper journalist. Travis has also worked as a police press officer, an advertising copywriter, and a journalism lecturer. She has served in both the Royal Naval Auxiliary Force, sorry, Auxiliary Service, and the Territorial Army. Wow. She's a soldier, a journalist, and a writer. Now, how much more does that paint a clearer picture of her books? Yeah. Yeah. I, her books revolve... So, book two uh, was Karen Travis. Yeah. Well, was nice. largely about the GAG. GAG and Boba Fett. And Boba Fett, which is combat, camaraderie, uh, like, it, war-focused. Yeah. On the troops, right? That, in the heart of it, in the thick of it, in the barracks type of thing. Yeah. Well, no fucking wonder why, dude. I wasn't aware of all that. <laughs> oh, why. shit. She's amazing. Yeah. So, shout out to Karen Travis. You're dope. Just saying. Just saying. And thanks for whatever the hell you did to help keep the world safer. And just because you that's read that sure. about the author thing, I'm going to read it in every book I read from now on. Uh, because that's amazing. And it really colors the text. Yeah. Like it gives you context to her. It gives writing. you a reason why the, the, fo- or maybe a reason, her, our reason why her, the focus, her, is uh, her star Wars galaxy books that she's most known for are her Republic commando series. Yeah. Yeah. Like those are really, really well respected books or well liked books in the community in the EU community. Um, I bet cause she lived it, bro. Yeah. That's cool. She's sounds amazing. And I can't, that makes me even more excited to read this book with a different colored lens on my freaking eye, you know? Yeah, with a like, new look at it. Just a different subtext to it. Now, holy shit. Enough about Karen. You're Karen, cool. We love You're you. cool, but I got to move on. This book was released May 29th, 2007. Almost exactly 12 years ago as we record this. On May the 4th. May the 4th. May the 4th. Oh, my God. I didn't even, ladies and gentlemen, may the 4th be with you and so on. And live long and prosper and cross the streams and whatever you want. Yep. But almost 12 years ago, I read this book for the first time. Now we're coming back to it. Here I have the hardcover from that first release. In fact, most of my books, as we talked about, I think, in the first episode, got ruined in a wet garage. (laughs) Uh, I have like four Star Wars books left out of like 40. <laughs> yeah. I for sure had all the NJO and the, and the Killick books and then these nine and then the next nine. And I had the Bane stuff and there was a lot of fucking books kicking around that all got destroyed by mold and such. Sad. But I have two hardcovers left from this series. Sacrifice. This book and the final book. Invincible. I have two hardcovers left, Tim. That's it. 
And now they stay in the house. <laughs> Good choice. When we moved in, I just didn't have anywhere to put them yet. And I put them out in the garage and we didn't know at the time that the garage leaked. And then, wow, oh, son of a bitch. So I have two of them that survived. And on the cover, we have Mar Jade. Yep. Interestingly, I thought, holding Anakin's lightsaber. If yes. you look at the hilt. Yes. That is Anakin slash Luke's blue lightsaber. Yes, it is. And even more interestingly, she has it ignited. A backdrop of a fiery red sky and silhouetted X-Wings. Mara Jade stands there looking fierce as fuck. Thoughts? Any thoughts on the cover? How do you like it? I like... I like that Mara's on the cover. I like that Mara's on the cover. I always wanted a clear depiction of all these the made-up characters. Yeah. Right? The new to the EU characters. So, like, you get Jason on the first book. That's cool. You get Han and Leia on the fourth book here. We've seen them. Yeah. But what do they look older? They look cool. You get on the third book. Love to see what the hell she looks like with her lizard arm and whatever the <laughs> frick else is going on there. Yeah. Boba Fett, I've seen him, but he looks great. Here over to the sacrifice cover, it looks dangerous. Yeah, she she it looks, looks like she can kill you. Yeah, it does. Just the whole tone of it. One thing. What? Try to put your head in the position that her head is in. A.K.A. your chin needs to be past your shoulder. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, my neck cracked. So, <laughs> I almost killed Tim. <laughs> trying to, you know, that's a bit of a weird pose. But the cover looks great. She's a Jedi. She Shout out to whoever did the cover art that I didn't write it down. I should have done that. That's my bad. You're cool, though. Great job. Other than the weird neck pose. I was inst- uh, opening up this book. Obviously, it doesn't have the regular blurb off the back of the soft cover that we've been reading for all the other books. Yes. This one has, as you do in a hardcover, much more words. It's got like four paragraphs. <laughs> it's got like four paragraphs on the inner flap. I ain't reading that. I'm going to give you the more succinct version from the soft cover. Same general idea. Suspected of treason, Han and Leia Solo are on the run, hunted by none other than their own son, Jason. But though his family sees in Jason the chilling legacy of his Sith grandfather, Darth Vader, many of the frontline troops adore him, and countless citizens see him as a savior in a galaxy torn apart by too many wars. All Jason wants is safety and stability for all. And he's prepared to do whatever it takes to achieve that goal, even if it means embracing the teachings of Lumaya, the Dark Lady of the Sith. But there is one final test that Jason must pass before he can gain the awesome power of a true Sith Lord. He must bring about the death of someone he values dearly. What troubles Jason isn't whether he has the strength to commit murder, but who the sacrifice should be. That's the long story short right there from the hardcover. Yes. But the hardcover does give you something nice as on the back, which I will reach. Oh, that's my bad. And read. A much smaller quote, also featured on the soft cover, but I'm reading it off the hard cover because I have it. To bring peace and order to a galaxy at war, Jason Solo will sacrifice anything or anyone. 
as we know, that's not true. Now the moment of choice is at hand. They keep saying that. Yes, they do. It's not true. He has. No. He couldn't have been more clear several times. I know. I'm not killing my wife and daughter. That's how it goes. That's a, that's it. So though, with that little bit of information that we have, looking forward, I think um, we could. Uh, one one thing uh, I'm expecting out of this book is there's old Luke on a the sacrifice. Back. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It does have a picture of old Luke on the back. But one thing I'm definitely expecting from this book is there to be a sacrifice. Yes. How about that? Another thing, and I think we can guarantee you this, more war. Yeah. More change. And finally, Mandalorians. Yeah. The Mando. But that's for next week. When we cover chapters one through four. Of Legacy of the Force, Book 5, Sacrifice. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. Stay safe from the strands of destiny. Chills. Oh, I didn't do that right. I'm going to have to do the oops. I wanted to do it like this. Maybe I'll leave this in. I forgot. I wrote on my notes, do old horror announcer voice. Stay safe. From the strands of destiny. Uh. It's better. <laughs> Bye. For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a J Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at J Plazer. Check us out.